from the far reaches of Dominaria to the deep depths of the Internet. Only one company can withstand the hardships and brave the fierce trials that face the casual multiplayer magic warrior. These four brave men stand as one and cross swords with foes of unimaginable horror who would dare challenge them on the field of battle. These four men are... The Mana Pool. Here to guide you through the mystic and awesome landscapes of the many planes of the multiverse are your fearless leaders, Brian, the Lead Rambler, Dirk, it's not that easy being green, the greenest man alive, and Mike, only God can judge is that right? The Rules Guru and Resident Ulster. And leading them all on their relentless charge through the aether fields is the head dork, the one and only. The truly awesome Chewy. So sit back, relax, grab a glass of refreshing Jones Planeswalker soda, and prepare yourself for the Mana Pool. Hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is this 295, really? It must be. Oh my God. This is madness. Huh? Huh? Uh, it might be Acros instead. I don't know. Dang it, man. <laughs> what? Um, that was, that was, that was really good and awful. <laughs> right, so, we are brought to you as always by Cardshark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. Where you should totally go and buy some cards. And you should also write me an article. It is submissions at Cardshark.com. Send it there. And then I can get it all posted on Card Shark and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Chewy. I'm the content manager, content editor, content. I have too many hats. Editing manager. I'm the editing. Uh, uh, I'm the head chef. Uh, at Card Shark. I'm the lead dork here, and I'm, I guess, the the head slave labor at MGG Cast. <laughs> So sometimes I get to hold the whip. Wow, that was awful. Should I just cut all that? I don't know what to tell you. I don't think I'm going to, whether I should or not. So uh, I am joined, as always, by these dorks. And I think the first one to talk is probably not here. Well, let's find out. Who are you dorks? Hopefully all right. Back yet. I guess you lied about being back in literally a second. <laughs> um, I'm Mike. I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy. And I might sound a little strange because I still have some congestion, but hopefully I'll be gone by the end of the week and next episode. Well, let's hope so. Yes. And then I would be the other dork, and you'll have to forgive me if there's a massive amount of jiggling and jumping and everything going on, because on cue, <laughs> the uh, the baby is down here with me, and he's a jumping and a jiving. Oh, and by the way, I'm Dirk, the self-proclaimed greenest man alive, moral compass of the group, and I've rejoined you for, hopefully, well, for this episode, we'll see about what happens in the future. Depends on how much work I get from grad school. Fair enough. And I'm the... (laughs) Too late. And you've been muted. (laughs) (laughs) Haha, you got muted. And Brian said, hey, i got to return this call. It'll take literally a sec, so I'll be right back, and... That, see, this is why people should not use the word literally unless they mean it, because this is retarded. See? Shouldn't use that word either. Now. Not unless you mean it. Unless. <laughs> Dang it, man. I'm sorry about that. I actually am. 
I, I do feel remorse. <laughs> that was the first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's me. I'm sorry. Mike feels remorse for me sometimes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, anyway. We're, so we got all of Theros, and I mean all of it. And I have actually not looked at anything since the last episode. So That's pretty cool. I think you'll like it. I'm sure I will. I'm all about some, what is it called, battle cruiser magic? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how to do this. You sunk my Theros. I did. Oh, we should talk about the banner. Hey, who are you? Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler. I apologize. I actually had work work to do, because some of us have jobs. Actually, we all have jobs right now. How did that happen? <laughs> I'm working um, on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yes, uh, I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler, and I um, I am here now. Behold my rambling. Um, Majesty. Yay, banned and restricted. Ban them all, I say. Yay. So, the uh, banned and restricted update happened sometime. When was that? A couple days ago? Yeah, a few days ago. Yeah, whenever that was. <laughs> yeah, the, the Storm Deck and Popper is finally completely banned. They basically did to it what they had to do to Affinity and Standard so many years ago. Like, no, no, damn it, no, no, just no. Yeah, yeah so Temporal Fissure and Cloud Post are right out. And what what was right out previously? Um, grape shot and empty the warrens. Right, right. Hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. All that's done. That was all the changes they felt they had to make. Yeah. All the the well, all the real uh, formats <laughs> are uh, are untouched. Oh, yes. That was pretty. I couldn't resist. We just lost a couple listeners for the next twenty minutes. Real men play with rares. <laughs> they probably, we probably deserve to lose those listeners, so it's fine. Uh, the views of Chewie do not necessarily represent those of the view of the mana pool. Actually, yeah, they do. It was Lisa Ling. Is she still on the view? I, am I, am I working with horribly outdated information? I don't know. That sounds horribly outdated, yes. Awesome. Okay then, so, uh, there's also a commander update. What? Yeah, there's no changes to the band list, cause, duh. But, uh, they, on the rules section of the mtgcommander.net, the official site, they uh, got rid of the optional section. It's been replaced with a house rules section, because they didn't, they didn't want to have official optional rules when, when there's no such thing. Oh, I don't know when the last time I read that section was. I, I don't even know what it was about. Yeah, I don't either. But it was. It says the section was to. Sh- the goal of the section was to show how flexible the format could be, and that there was mm-hmm. no problem tailoring the rules to suit your playgroup. But they were like, yeah, too many people were thinking that it was some sort of officially supported optional rules. Hmm. Yeah, and also the league rule has gone away, but the new legend rule already did that. So. I'm guessing that had something to do with people playing the same legend as a commander. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Anyone interested in that probably knew this already, so meh. They did not ban... Quick, give me... Name a card. Brainstorm. They did not ban Brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't unban Mox Ruby. Dang. You like how I brainstormed for Brainstorm? I don't like you anymore. See, I liked you up until a second ago. No, you didn't. I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that was that was nice and easy. Did you say they unbanned Mox Ruby? They didn't unban Mox Ruby, which is sad. Oh, okay. 
I was like, wait a minute, I must have heard something wrong, and I did. Yeah. We, uh, hmm. Yeah, because we got just this great big pile of them sitting here just doing nothing. That's true. Look at them, just hanging out. This one's making sure my ta- my table is straight. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, other news, uh, last night's recording of Monday Night Magic was a lot of fun because we had Clues and Prilliman. Nice. I really need to get Prilliman back on here sometime because he's yeah, just he not should. Monday Night Magic. He's he's more manifold. <laughs> oh well. So enough of that. Theros. Theros. So all the cards have been spoiled. And we're not going to talk about all of them. We always say that, and we we end up covering like ninety percent. I will say this briefly before we begin. We begin uh, was we only had two weeks of previews this time, and initially I was like, yeah, I mean it's a big set. I love the set, and I was like, I don't know if I'm really okay with that. And I am not dissing the cards that were revealed on Monday, but. As I'm looking through it, I have to say they did a really good job of covering 99% of the interesting cards before Monday. So I'm actually, I guess I'm actually okay with the schedule they use this time. It's not that I dislike any of these. It's just that they're all nuts and bolts stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So whereas the really, oh my God, wow, Elspeth chained to the rocks. Other white cards I'm not looking at right now. You know, all that really cool, cool, evocative stuff uh, they showcased already. So there are also a lot of reprints here. Maybe it just feels that way every time because I'm like, hey, look at that and that and that and that and that. But so. It's because it's a big set that doesn't have some theme restricting like the color mix or other things like that. Yeah. But I guess we can just talk about whatever we see that we're like, hey. Um. I like the cycle of uncommon things that go up to that target up to two target creatures because they are awesome with heroic and they are just good and limited in general because you have a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Uh, the white version of this is Dauntless Onslaught, which is two and a white instant uncommon up to two target creatures each each get plus two plus two until end of turn, which is very strong. Yeah, especially since so many heroes make themselves bigger. Mm-hmm. So that's there, big. There, this set, I'm not sure I'm going to ever be comfortable attacking into anybody. There are so yeah. many combat tricks. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, play this, go. Play this, go. Oh, I've got a 5-5 five, five and you're open. I'm not falling for that. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, he has four mana open, three cards in his hand. He could be holding everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> go. <laughs> What? I'm looking for the blue one. Oh, I know. I'll, t- I'll totally attack into it. I attack into it every time. I'm not shy. Yeah, he does it on purpose, though. Uh, the blue one is Triton Tactics for a single blue instant. Uh, uncommon. Up to two target creatures each get plus zero, plus three until in a turn. Untap those creatures. At this turn's next, unta- next end of combat... Tap each creature that was blocked by one of those creatures this turn, and it doesn't untap during this controller's next untap step. That's a lot of words, but basically, you take two guys that are about to block somebody, and you make it so they survive, and then you lock down whatever they blocked. Yeah, when I saw all the words on that card, I'm like, what am I reading? Is this from Alliances? What's going on? Uh. <laughs> 
I like Dang how you, you you can always use it on your attacking guy if he's about to die. Mm-hmm. You just get more value out of it when you're um when they're blocking. But value. It doesn't say up to two blocking creatures. Value. The black one is cutthroat maneuver, which is awesome for three in a black instant uncommon. Up to two target creatures each get plus one plus one and gain lifelink. Until end of turn. Yeah, that costs four, and yeah, that's about right. Two creatures getting lifelink. Seems good. The red one is coordinated assault, by the way. Awesome. What's it do? Uh, I don't know. I already scrolled away looking for the green one. Plus a red. <laughs> it's an instant. Up to two target creatures each get plus one, plus oh, and gain first strike until end of turn. Sounds good. That's, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And the green one? Joey? I haven't found it yet. Ah. Like I said earlier, I haven't actually looked at any of these leftover new cards yet, so. Well, uh, not that they're terrible, but like we said, they're, well, here they're not as. It's the very last green card, of course. <laughs> Warrior's Lesson for a single green until end of turn up to two target creatures you control each gain. Wow, whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Huh. Mm-hmm. That wow. might be sweet, because... It just if you doing it just with one guy, it replaces itself, and doing it with two, you actually up a card. And that is important to remember. Sometimes you're gonna want to hold on to these for value, like with so many of these other things. That seems to be a recurring theme with this set is choices. Do you play this bestow creature as a creature? Do you bestow it onto somebody later? Do you do the, these things with one creature or two creature? And it is great that you have the option. It doesn't say two target creatures, and it doesn't fizzle. If you kill one of the target creatures, as long as there's at least one other one, right? Right. Yeah. Sweet. Oh What's my a, god, there's a griffin skeleton. There is a griffin yeah. skeleton. <laughs> there certainly is. <laughs> What's it called? Century of the Underworld. Okay, and what color is it? Black white. Oh, shoot, I'm going the wrong way. I was like, I know it's black. Yeah. So ah. it's a 3-3 three, three with flying and vigilance for three, a black and a white. It's an uncommon griffin skeleton. <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's so funny. You don't uh, see those things every day, you know. Well, maybe you don't. <laughs> and then uh, I had to stop and ask directions to a griffin skeleton on the way to work this morning. I forgot where it worked. Sadly, the stupid thing told me. Anyway, for uh, a white and a black and pay three life, you can regenerate it. <laughs> this is awful. Well, I don't know. Well, mm, sometimes. Well, oh, no, it, I just it, meant that it's a griffin skeleton. <laughs> oh. I was like, it's not chimney imp. Awful. No, I mean, 3-3 uh, flying vigilance that you could, for a hefty fee, regenerate for five mana seems okay. Uh, Dirk, what's a card that you saw that really stood out to you? Any color. Oh. <clears throat> Let me see. I'm going back through. Since I wasn't here last week... Um, the one that just astounded me was the bow of Nylia. I know, right? That, that's because it astounds everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it does See, all had, the things. Yeah, I had I had actually been reading through some of the stuff, and then last week I looked at it and was like, "This is the best of the legendary enchantment artifacts ever." <laughs> like, it's it's the simple fact that it does more than one thing, and it's so versatile that makes it great. <laughs> I just want to point out that Dark totally, uh, uh, totally agrees with everything I said last time, so you guys can, you know, 
and Check go it. back to the last one and be like, listen to Brian, uh-huh. listen to Dirk. Uh-huh. There you go. There you go. Hey, look. But yeah, so that wasn't your last week. I, I'm, I know you all probably talked about all the, what was it, the new god that got? The red god. Was it the red god was the only one that the, hadn't been talked about? Or the red god was, and the blue, we talked about the red god and the blue god. Yeah, I don't think we talked about the black one yet. I thought we had talked about the black one earlier. Did we? I thought so. Oh, it was the whip. Never mind, it was the whip that we just did yeah. last week. Never mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the red one, there really will be some red aggro decks going around with the red god out. Yes, there will be. <laughs> just as, yeah, whenever you play something or whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you know, I'm just thinking like the, the imp making ones. Like, you play this and the imps come into play. It's like, Oh yeah, two imps come into play and you deal four damage to something. To an opponent. You mean like the demon that makes harpies? Well, I know not from this set. I'm thinking back from like Return to Ravnica. Wasn't there a card that made two goblins? Uh, Franco's Command? Was that it? Franco's Command was from M13. It's uh, the only thing I can think of. Actually, I think it was from I mean, M12. I might be completely wrong. Wasn't there... But wasn't there a, go- a, a goblin-making spell in Return to Ravnica? There has to. Uh, oh, there's one that made three, and it costs a little more. But yeah, so you, you've got token-making effects. I just ha- now I have an image of a um, Warbreak Trumpeter, uh, one of AJ's favorite cards, turning over <laughs> and making like five goblins. Wait, so was there anything from the new core set that makes the- tokens? Yeah, um, the. Uh, Pyromancer, Pyromancer, the young Pyromancer. I think it's crazy. I wonder if that's what I was thinking of. Maybe that it might was. Be. But yeah, I'm just thinking like if there's anything that just plops out little tokens here and there, it's like if the red god's out, yeah, you're you're just gonna be like, and you take some damage, and you take some damage. Oh, you're dead. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Next. I don't. I don't think you're sorry at all. Well, no, and what's also fun is that um, all the the enchanted, like the one right next to it, his emissary, or Porfirio's emissary, because they're artifacts. As soon as their creature dies and they come back and they come into play, you know, they enter the they enter the battlefield as a creature. Correct. You mean because they're because they have they bestow. were an artifact or they're an enchantment and now they're a creature. Correct. They they were an aura and now they're a creature. So yeah, they they will then. Trigger that if he's out. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is... He is going to be nuts. Well, if we're talking about aggro, I want to ask, what does everybody think about Fire Drinker Seder? Is this the real deal, or is this kind of silly in a set where everything is so freaking huge, and you've got like four fives, and five fives for four mana? This this guy is a card seated for eternal formats. I mean, yeah, he's Jackal Pup, but Jackal Pup is kind of stupid in this set because because just like you said, it's so much smaller than everything, and that's um that pump can get expensive real quick. I mean, it's also a whole lot cheaper than everything. Yes. Okay, I just was wondering if I, I was kind of agreeing with Mike there. I realized that it's. Cheap and it's going to get in some damage before uh, before other decks come online. But uh, the cost down the line is pretty is not insignificant. So yeah, like I would be really hesitant to play this if I open this in my sealed pool. Yeah, I don't think I would 
put it in the deck. I don't know how good I would feel about if I lead with him. That's great, but if I like play him later, how much equipment, how many auras am I going to enchant him with? Because do I really want to, you know, make him that much bigger? I don't know. It just seems kind of risky. So, <laughs> but hey, you know, Jackal Pup is a good card for a reason. So, holy crap! Uh, what? I just read Viper's Kiss. Mm-hmm. That's sweet, yeah. That is, for a single black, it's a common aura, enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets minus one, minus one, and its activated abilities can't be activated. It's Whoa. almost like, it's almost like a, a yeah. black pacifism, where it's not going to keep the creature from attacking or blocking, although that minus one, minus one is probably going to get in the way of that. And it's like a, it's like a black arrest, basically. That's freaking cool. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very long time since, well, Maybe not a very long time, but it's extremely infrequent that black gets stuff like this. Yeah. Um, Black's removal seems pretty got a uh, sip of hemlock, which of course is awesome because it's a reference to Socrates, you know, killing himself. It's a reference, yay, um, for <laughs> four and two black sorcery. Destroy target creature. Its controller loses two life. It's kind of like um, what was that one in Zendikar? That did this, but it was a non-black creature. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one. This costs a lot more, but creatures are also a lot bigger, so. And there's, uh, there's more. There's more removal. Um, uh, there's a whips, something there. Uh, Farika's Cure. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Farika's Cure is basically, what, what is that? Um, it's it's a re-template, re-templated something for two black. Soren's thirst. Soren's thirst, which was something hunger. It had a what? picture of Crovax on it. Vicious hunger. Vicious hunger with sorcery. Oh, okay. So two damage to target creature. You gain two life instant speed. Also common. All of these are common so far. Um, Hero's downfall. Hero's downfall, which is. Which is rare. We talked about that last time, but Dirk wasn't here. Yeah, um, that's that's. Mm. <laughs> uh, lash of Lash of the Whip, again at common four and a black instant target creature gets minus four minus four until in a turn. This is a lot at common. Loathsome Catabolus counts as removal. Does I it? I think okay. so, because it has the lure and because it has that death trigger. It reminds me of a. Um, uh, the devil, the pitchburn devils. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, where it's basically gonna do the same thing, uh, unless you're about to burn them out. Uh, pitchburn devils says, you know, when it dies, kill a creature. So, but this is, this is awesome because you do have that bonus activation. There's dark betrayal. <clears throat> kill all of the things. Kill all the things forever. But I was actually going somewhere with this. Oh, are I there? Was are there any wraths in this set other than anger of the gods, which we haven't talked about yet? Other than anger of the gods, are there any wraths in this set? It's not really a wrath. Well, I mean, I, I that may be the closest thing, unless is there a real wrath here? Looking through black, looking through black. Hope. No. Okay, I thought that was pretty significant because that does kind of push. Um, the strategy of getting out a bunch of creatures a little harder if if it's um if you don't have mass removal right so yeah so now there's just what supreme verdict and planar cleansing and um uh, uh, uh the orzop one 
um, something eviction, mark of eviction, no, um, merciless eviction, merciless eviction, yeah, yeah, and standard, those will be the only, unless, until we, until we get around to Born of the Gods, at least, those will be the only mass removals. <laughs> and I guess Ratchet Bomb, but that's so conditional. And that doesn't hit, <laughs> that doesn't hit everything, so. But yeah, there's, there's nothing, there's not even like, there's not even conditional mass removal like Scour Glass or anything here. Good to be a creature, I guess. Good time to be a creature. Just wanted to point that out. Anger of the Gods for one and two red is a sorcery. It's rare. It deals three damage to each creature. If a creature dealt damage this way, it would die this turn, exile instead. I wondered if they were going to do something to replace uh, Pillar of Flame for to deal with voice. And this has got to be it because it does the same thing except it also nukes everything else on the table. It doesn't differentiate between flying and non-flying creature, and it doesn't hit players, which may be a drawback because it doesn't get you that much closer to winning, but it also is much better for when you draw this in the late game. So, what were you going to say, Mike? Um, Annihilating Fire was printed in Return to Ravnica, but Anger of the Gods hits a lot more things. Yeah, literally. Uh, All at once. Hmm. I like the cycle of common enchantments that draw you a card when they enter the battlefield. Yeah, those are sweet. Yeah, they're pretty useful. Yeah, I mean, none of them are really anything special, but they have the magic words. <laughs> draw a card. Yup. The black one is probably my least favorite, just because it's just plus one, plus oh. Not that that's terrible, but that even, if it's re- even if it's replacing itself, it's a little... Mm, I mean, it's more here. It's more heroic stuff, basically. Yeah. We haven't talked. We haven't talked about the full cycle of ordeals because those. And no, they were out the day that we recorded, but we decided not to go over them because it was already like eleven in the evening the next day. Oh right. So they all act the same. Do they all cost two, or do some of them cost three? They all cost, don't they? What does the green one cost? If the green one just costs two, then they all have to cost two. They all start with the word ordeal. <laughs> they certainly do. Da, 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 page down, page down. Yeah, they they all cost two. Okay. So they all work the same way. You put on a creature. Whenever that creature attacks, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Then if it has three or more counters on it, you sacrifice the ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um, when you sacrifice the white one, which is the ordeal of Heliod, you gain ten life. It's not bad for two mana. That will turn things around pretty quick. What's the blue one do? The blue one, the Ordeal of Thassa, lets you draw two cards. I always felt like Spectral Flight was a bit pushed because it felt so weird for blue to get that effect at two mana. And this reminds me of that because you're getting blue creature pump. And when you're done pumping it, you get... Card draw. <laughs> I think when we talked about the red one, which is the first one that was spoiled, Chewy was of the opinion, and I'll let him take words out of my mouth because they were from his originally or whatever, um, that basically you should think about it as getting like a counter, maybe another counter, and don't count on getting that, that sacrifice effect. So think about it as getting the counters and maybe getting that other effect, like maybe getting the lightning bolt. Mm. Um, but with the blue one, again, it just feels like, hey, sure, why not? You know, put this on a flyer, and all of a sudden you're 
flyer getting huge is great, and you might get some cards out of it. Sweet. Yeah, I was just thinking, you throw this on the Nimbus Nyad right, above, right up above it, and next turn you swing for three, and if it survives, next turn you swing for four, and surely they'll kill it by then. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if they don't, five damage, two cards, yes. Five damage, Bye. two cards, and you've already dealt them, what, like, three and four and five by then? I'm pretty sure that's a strike. Five and four and three is twelve, yeah. Yeah, or, or they've been chump blocking or whatever, but you've still got a 5-5, five, five, and you just drew two cards, and they are kind of screwed. What's the black one do? Um, the Ordeal of Erebus makes an opponent, or is it an opponent or a player? I'm not reading it. Someone discards two cards. It's probably me. Page down, page down. Target, target player. Target player. So you could use it to make yourself discard, but if you're doing that to like set something up, that's, it's gonna be, it's gonna take a lot of work. So, uh, the red one is a lightning bolt, and the green one is kind of interesting. And yeah. The, yeah. I mean, lots of stuff in this set likes to have lots of mana, so this is a good way to get yourself set up for monstrous. Um, I think it's, it's a, it's a explosive vegetation, isn't it? Yeah. Good lord. Two basic lands into play tapped. Yep. Good lord. Yeah. I mean, it's taking you a while to get to that, but wow. And if you get this out early enough, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you're getting almost free plus one, plus one counters, assuming it's clear for you to attack, and then you might get another bonus. It's like, would you like some upside with your upside, or, you know, on your thing that only costs two, or should we make this better? Hey, never mind. Hey, what were we going to say anyway? I was going to say, oh, look, they reprinted Time of Need. No, that's Time to Feed. <laughs> makes more sense, because Time of Need would just not make sense. Well, there's a lot of legendary creatures here, but yeah. what does Time to Feed do? It's kind of dumb. For two and a green, it's a common oh, it's sorcery. Fun. Choose target creature and opponent controls. Huh. When that creature dies this turn, you gain three life. Target creature you control fights that creature. So... You're like, that guy. Huh. I bet he's gonna die. You think he's gonna die? Hank, get him! Like, <laughs> the Hank, order Hank of it, there. the order of it, the way, I guess it has to be templated this way, but it just, it does feel a little strange. Yeah. The thing is, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be templated this way. Why does it even say choose target creature and opponent controls? Why doesn't it just say when target creature and opponent controls dies this turn? Why do you have that first sentence? I don't understand. Why is it when instead of if? Because when is a triggered ability, and if is something. Now, is this good? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) people play the heck out of the uh, one that gives you a plus one, plus one counter and fight something in M14. Uh, Fight effects are usually pretty good, and a little bit of life gain tacked onto this seems pretty nice. Yeah, seems fine. I like it. Isn't this Garth, weird, you guys? Something. Green is getting removal and card draw. Oh, yeah, green's getting good stuff. <laughs> but, like, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there's Light a... was just crazy. Uh, there's a 1-1 one, one Death Touch Scorpion in green. God almighty, that's gonna, that's gonna piss me off so bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, feel so, it. 
I despise gonna... scorpions. Every scorpion that gets printed is sitting across from me at the pre-release, and I'm like, Ugh. Mike's gonna, they're gonna play one, and Mike's gonna play a monstrous guy, and he's gonna be like, I wanna activate this, but it's gonna be such a waste of mana. And you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna play another one. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, man. Yeah. Everybody sucks. <laughs> If, if, Paul, if, if Polychronos tries to multi-fight this, he'll bite it because of the death touch. That's sad. He ate too much world. Uh, <laughs> Dirk, were you about to say something? No, I was just saying that it, Green got a lot of really good stuff. The, I think the one thing that <clears throat> Green is really good for acceleration, but usually Green is very bad at replenishing your hand, <laughs> burning through your deck. Uh, this block, that's not a problem. There, there's a whole lot of stuff that helps you burn, burn through your deck. Um, if only they were all elves. What do you think about Nemesis of Mortals? I think this card is sweet. It's, it's, it's really powerful. It's, it's also green. And the art is... It's that monstrosity creature that cares about creatures in your graveyard. For four and two green, kinda not really. Uh, it's a 5-5 five, five snake, and it's uncommon. Uh, it costs one less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard. That's and cool. it's got monstrosity of 5 when you pay 7 and 2 green, but that ability also costs one less to activate for each creature card in your graveyard. Holy crap, I didn't read that second part. Yeah. Dude, so, both of those are cool. So you can get a 5-5 five, five for 6, which in most sets is still good enough. And even here... You'll probably still do. That's still okay. Or you have some guys that died maybe earlier and you play this for like three mana or four mana because you know what if it costs two less. Uh, but then, so let's say you've got two creatures in the graveyard. You play this for four, which is fairly reasonable. Then for uh, seven mana, you have monstrosity five to turn it into a ten ten. Which is still one of the biggest creatures, even in this set. Yeah, or maybe just six mana if something else ended up dying. Yeah. Seems pretty good. The art is freaking crazy. That snake. That snake. That might be scarier than a scorpion. Mm. Not from a gameplay perspective, it's not. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it scarier than a spider? <laughs> I had the biggest spider at my front door the other day. Chewie probably would have died on the spot if he'd seen it. It spoke to me of things I did not need to know. I feel like I should send you a picture of the giant-ass Black Widow that we uh, we had to kill at work. Mm. Yeah. No, that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> well, while we were on the topic of huge monstrous guys, the first time I read this next creature, I was kind of like... Eh, because it's so much, and I'm like, this is never going to matter. And then the more I read it, the more I was like, you know what? I kind of like what it represents. This is the Colossus. Yep. The, what's it do? I've been talking a lot. It does, the yep. Colossus of Akros costs eight for a 10-10 golem with Defender and Indestructible. Oh, God. Since the last time I read it, I forgot I had Indestructible. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so this is rare. And... It has monstrosity 10, and the cost is 10 mana. As long as Colossus of Akros is monstrous, it has trample and can attack as though it didn't have defender. 
So I think the first time I read it, I was like, oh, look, it's an expensive card. And it kind of reminded me of uh, there's a there's a wall in M14 that wakes up when you're attacked or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, OK. And it's so expensive. And you have to pay 10. And that's never going to matter. And then I realized it becomes almost a merit loss. And then I'm like, oh, that's sweet. There are very, very few creatures that can, on their own, without serious shenanigans, become 2020s with Trample. I'm not saying 10 mana, or basically 18 mana, isn't shenanigans, but I mean like, yeah, you can get something, <laughs> like, like you can sacrifice, you can have a, a Nantuko Husk out and sacrifice like 18 guys or something, you know, but, but this is, this is, uh, so I, I kind of like what this represents. I don't necessarily want one, but I think it's pretty cool. I wonder if anyone's going to try to play this as like a one of in a modern Tron deck or something. That'd be funny. I would think that would be hilarious. And somebody's going to go, are you really playing that? And then they're going to get dead by it. And they're like, yep. <laughs> Did you say they're going to get dead by it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just making sure that I was dead by it. Making sure I was paying attention. <laughs> I zoned out for a second, and I was like, wait. Hmm. Uh, Dark, you weren't here last week. What do you think of the Scrylands, the temples? Temples are great. I did think I did think it was very interesting that for, the, uh, for a couple of them, they're enemy colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are the same color combinations as the guilds that were in Gate Crash versus Return to Ravnica because they wanted to... Um, Kind of push those colors a little more since they've had the least amount of time to get, uh, to see play, or at least see supported play. Does that make sense? So does that mean that the next set's gonna have the other ones? They have said that over the course of the block we will see the other five. That could mean that they are all out in the next set, or there may be some in the next set and some in the last set. Yeah, they are, I think they might be, I think they might be three and two in, um, Born of the Gods and Journey into Nyx because both of those are small sets. Yeah. And I don't think they devote five whole rare slots to lands, um, especially these lands in a small set. They could. I mean, um, like the, um, never mind, shutting up. Yep, didn't happen that way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it didn't. No, it didn't happen that way. Yep. And then Unknown Shores is Shimmering Grotto. Or Shimmering Grotto is Unknown Shores. Just Which is really up. weird because it could have been. Shimmering Grotto in this set, and it would have been just it, fine. Yeah, I thought that was a little weird. Now, when you're playing modern, you can play with more Shimmering Grottos, because <laughs> it's another Shimmering Grotto for EDH for those that are not into all of the shock lands. Oh yeah, is uh is Traveler's Amulet a reprint or? or... It's from Innistrad. Yeah, wasn't it also had, something else before that? I think it was only from Innistrad, but I'll check it. Uh, and the art just looks so different here than it did before. That is really cool. Yeah, that it was is really cool. Here. Amulet, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was first printed in Innistrad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. It's such a basic effect. You would have thought they had done it before. Mm-hmm. Maybe and I was of course, thinking of Wayfarer's Twig. Or Wayfarer's Bobble. That's the one. Or, no, it's not Wayfarer's Twig. Wayfarer's Bobble. What was the twig? The twig, I'm pretty sure, is what I'm thinking of. No, Wayfarer's Bobble does a rampant growth. But was it called Wayfarer's Twig? It's not Wayfarer's Twig. I don't think the only Wayfarer's Twig. things are the Bobble, the Giant, and the Temple. It was, it was Wanderer's, Wanderer's Twig. Okay. 
It was right. You got gatherer open. Wanderer's twig, yeah. Vindication. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's just a twig instead of an amulet. So they're like, we could reprint this twig. Wait a minute. So it, it is the same thing. Pay one, sacrifice Wanderer's twig, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Okay, good. Uh, okay, that's what I meant the first time when I said, is this a reprint or is it a uh, like a functional reprint? I completely forgot about the one in Innistrad. Uh, yeah, the one in Innistrad was a functional reprint of the twig. I guess they didn't want the twig to be a staple. <laughs> Have you seen the new art on the twig? Oh, this my God. Time, it's got branches. What? <laughs> I think I see a beetle. There's a decent amount of color fixing here when you've got the Unknown Shores slash Shimmering Grotto, the Traveler's Amulet, the uh, Opaline Unicorn for three is a one-two tap, add one man of any color to your mana pool. Um, There's Lotus, a green common enchantment. Green common enchantment. There's um, there's another artifact, another guy that you can sack to, to get some lands. Um, the Burnished Heart for three... Elk, 2-2, two, two, pay 3, sack it, um, explosive vegetation. Your mom's a green common enchantment. We're not really seeing so much rampant growth here as explosive vegetation effects. Basically two versus one lands, which is probably because they're pushing it toward bigger stuff. Yeah, towards getting monsters. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, hey, guys. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have an idea. What's that? I think... I think we've been going for long enough to take a short break, right? Yes, maybe. Sure. Okay. Then I was thinking that we should do that. Okay. But of course, my freaking search over here, searching for Hero for the next song to use, decided it would stop and not actually work because it's a piece of... I mean, what? Oh, I thought there was more to your idea there. Cause I have an idea. I thought there was more to it than... Stopping, so I didn't. I, I I was holding my breath, and now I can let my breath out now, right? Right. Okay. No, no, you missed. Now Brian's me. dead. Now Brian's dead. <laughs> so how many? Hmm. There should be one more episode in this month, right? Yeah. At least. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's do. What was that? That was my phone. None. Ooh, ooh, I know. How about some Foo Fighters? You want some Foo Fighters? I like Foo. I really don't want to do Henrique Iglesias if I can help it, and I don't want to do that guy from was that the Nickelback? Chad Kroger. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. I thought you already used that song. No. Okay. On purpose. So let's do My Hero by Foo Fighters, and we'll be right back. completely don't remember what we were talking about. I had to take that break to go get food because I was dying. We were talking about Theros. Right. That's what it was. And there goes my hero. Watch him as he goes to the kitchen to heat up some pizza. For the record, I think Bronze Sable is the best card in the... Oh, wait. No. Never mind. <laughs> That's pretty good. I mean, he's is pretty it... good. He's a 2-1 artifact creature for 2. Which, you know... Is it a cat or a dog or a ferret? 
it's a or sable. a mongoose? Isn't what a is sable it? like a... Is it a weasel or a ferret type thing? What is it? Now, why do you want to go calling it names? Because I'm <laughs> Weasel. <laughs> Wikipedia. Let's go. Wiki- I'm already on Wikipedia. I'm going to beat you there. Sable. Sable. Not the color. Did you mean stable? No. Sable is a okay. species of marten, like Martin Sheen, uh, which inhabits forest environments, primarily in Russia. Russia? Oh. I call shenanigans. Been historically been harvested for its highly valued fur. That's cool. So, so you know what I really like? Uh, what? The Triad of Fates. I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. The Triad of Fates is a white and black multicolored card for two and a white and a, a black. It's a legendary creature, human wizard. It's a 3-3, three, three, so 3-3 three, three for four. Tap. Well, pay pay a colorist and tap. Put a fate counter on another target creature. You over there, you're marked. Pay a white. Tap uh, Triad of Fates. Exile target creature that has the fate counter on it, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. So blinky blink. Or pay a black. Tap Triad of Fates. Exile target creature that has a fate counter on it. It doesn't come back this time. Its controller draws two cards. Sorry, I sent your creature to an oblivion. Here's some gold. Wow, that's... Wow. It's a little slow, don't get me wrong, but it's so flavorful. It's like, we control your destiny, literally. Nothing good is going to happen to you from here on out. It's either going to be okay, or it's going to be terrible. I imagine you're mostly going to be using the white ability with your stuff to keep it from dying... Because most of the time, unless you you just need black mana for some reason, if it's an opponent's creature, unless you really want them to have it because it's got a drawback, you're going to just exile with the black ability. Sweet. And it's legendary, so Commander Ho. That's really, that's really weird. He's really wrapping his head around this. You hadn't seen this before? Not and paid any attention to it. <laughs> Like, part of me is afraid that the fact that I can't get excited about this means that there's something wrong with me. I don't know. I just, it's it's not, it's not, I mean, I I get it, but. I mean, I'm not excited by it either. I don't think there's something wrong with you. I just, it's really weird. It only deals with creatures, so as Johnny-tastic as it might be, it's still kind of one-dimensional, so don't feel too bad about it. There's clearly something wrong with you, but not for this reason. So, oh, well. Uh, okay. So while we're here... Oh, you're going to look at that other one, aren't you? Yeah, look at Factor Fiction over there. What's that yeah. about? It's almost Factor Fiction. It is... <laughs> it, I was I was really interested in the article that described this one because the author of it, I don't know if, who, who it was, um, but they said this was a better Factor Fiction. I'm like, this this is a strictly Ooh. worse Factor Fiction. I don't that, know if it just... Better meaning. Better meaning that they can actually print it. That's what that, and that's what he meant. Oh, he said okay. this is this is better because Factor Fiction is not a fair card. It says reveal the top five cards of your deck. You get the one you most want, and maybe some other stuff. Period. Yeah. That's the yeah. way it is. Factor Fiction says says to your opponent, "Here, screw this up. I'm going to draw some cards." And it doesn't like even. <laughs> Even if you're only getting one card off of it, if it's the one card you need, or if it's importantly putting other stuff into your graveyard that you want in your graveyard, there there is no way for them to make the best decision. There just isn't. They can 
reduce the amount of value you get out of it if they're lucky. That's yeah. it. Steam Augury, however, is a much more interactive card. And it's funny. All you do is change one aspect of it, and it gets so much more interactive. And add a color. Yeah. Now, you're the one splitting them up into piles, and your opponent chooses where the piles go. So let's read the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, red, blue, and two. Instant. Rare. Reveal the top five cards of your library and separate them into two piles. An opponent chooses one of those piles. Put that pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. So, yeah. And I'm guessing that's part of what makes this uh, red-blue instead of just blue, because it's giving you the crazy part that has the opportunity to make the biggest mistake. Right. And and you're leaving so much of the final result up to your opponent. Yeah. And your opponent this time can actually think, what can I deal with? You know? Yeah. I've heard all sorts of talk about this card, whether it's good, whether it's bad, what the best strategy is. Right away, I heard people saying, the only way you want to use this is take the one that you want and make it for everything else and one that one and basically make their choice give me four cards or give me the card I want. I've heard, you know, there's all sorts of discussion. You'd be people. surprised how easy it is for something like that to backfire on you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not saying, I'm, I'm saying that's one theory I've heard, but the point is this has sparked a lot of discussion, which I think is a good thing. Sweet. Now if you're, if you're really serious about it, you play this in a deck that likes to load the graveyard up with stuff and make a pile of five and a pile of zero and just look at your opponent. <laughs> That's sweet. And say, well. <laughs> it's like, hurry up. <laughs> we're going to, we're, there's so much important stuff. Every year after the rotation, we take an episode and talk about what's leaving standard. There is so much stuff. Unburial rights alone is like, wow. Dark, Dark, you yes. weren't here last. You weren't here last week. Um, we spent a little bit of time on this, but it's so dark. I can't not bring it up. The prophet of Crufix. It's it's in the multicolored section. It's above Reaper of the Wilds, and it's three a green and a blue. Oh yeah. Whenever I saw, I read the article where they revealed this card. And I, I, I didn't know what to do. I thought, it's the Seaborn Muse, but better. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> That's pretty tough to do. Because now you can play, after you untap everything, all your stuff has, all your creatures have flash! <laughs> yeah. So I just, just didn't know if you wanted to comment out on that at all. Oh no, but that was one, like I said, I, I saw that one and was like, that's great. I mean, did, yes. Give me some. Fool give me, give me. Yes. <laughs> give me yes. more. Give me more. <laughs> give me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Did she put up a fight? We're all secretly <laughs> musical fans here. Mm. Like speaking of musical, how about the Seder Piper? Hissing Green. I know, but I'm moving things on. Oh, there he is. Pepper. This is going to be so annoying when you can't kill it right away. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't put himself in danger to do this. Right. I mean, taunting elf guys are always, lure guys, as we call them, are always kind of like, 
ooh, you know, you, you, what's the best way to deal with this? Because it can completely ruin your day. You can buff that one guy and maybe kill several of yours, or you can just attack with everything and literally just win. Now, this doesn't say must be blocked by everything, but it does say target creature. So, hey, you over there, you little scorpion. Yeah, you've got to be blocked. How's that feel? <laughs> You can tell this is a very important effect for the fact that in a set of huge guys, he is a 2-1 for 3, which is decidedly below the curve here. So that should tell you just how strong this ability is. Yeah. Speaking of satyrs, I want to point out um, Voyaging Satyr really for its uh, flavor text. The rest of the card, for a green of one, it's a 1-2 druid and can tap to untap a land. But which is the- sweet. Yeah, but the flavor yeah. text says, None can own the land's bounty. The gods made this world for all to share its riches. And I'm not just saying that because you caught me stealing your fruit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now in standard, what can you play on turn one that makes mana? You can play uh, the new Elvish Mystic. Yeah, Elf Guy. Um, yeah. Uh... And I'm not counting Deathrite Shaman because that was really, really hard to... He's a one-drop yeah, that can make mana, but... Yeah, I don't know if it's actually, like, reasonably possible to set him up for turn for making mana on turn two. Yeah. So they're really pushing for... And Farseek is going away. So mm-hmm. they're really pushing for two because you see the Voyaging Seder, you see the, um, the Sylvan Keratid, so... I feel almost silly saying this, but do you know what card in this set actually got my creative gears going the most? You're not going to get it. I promise you. Shredding wins. No, because that's not. What the hell? <laughs> but you're close. You're actually closer than you think. It's called Boulderfall. And Boulderfall is cool. For six and two red. That's a grand total of eight, ladies and gentlemen. It's a common, it's an instant, and it deals five damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players. Do you know what finally got my gears turning with this? Was seeing this card and looking at all the scry in the set and saying, oh my god, I can build a Chandra Pyro Master deck. Hmm. And then... That actually wants to win with the limit break. And just boulder fault someone. It, it's like, it, it's like three Bogarn Hellkites is the best analogy. They don't give you, you know, dragons, but still. Oh, it is a Bogarn Hellkite minus the dragon. You're right. <laughs> Get that pesky big scary dragon out of the way. Hey, we got a good card here. Yeah. Use <laughs> it, it from mythic to common and see what you get, but no. <laughs> so it's just, so it's just a Bogarden. So I guess Bogarden is the, Shooting word for Boulderfall. Wow. Now I almost want to play Boulderfall at, <laughs> at the pre-release and say, you've just been Bogardened. <laughs> and they're going to look at me like, really? Like, I started playing two years ago. You're like, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, its, man. I don't know if I would play this card just on its own, because eight man is so much. I feel like, especially when you can pay five mana and deal 13 damage to something, Thank you, like, the comet thing, or six mana to blow up a land and do 13 damage or something. Um, 
But so for eight mana, five is asking a lot. I mean, it should. It feels like it should be more, even though it's split up. But it definitely got my head, my mind going that way. If you're looking for more reasonable burn, um, we've already covered a lot of it. Thank you, Magma Jet. Jet. But um, newer in here is the Rage of Rage of Porphyros, which for four and a red, that's five. That's three less. Is a sorcery. It deals four damage to the creature. It can't be regenerated this turn and scry one. That's very reasonable. Yeah. Yep. While we're on the subject of burn, I really like the labyrinth champion too. Yes. Everything from what he does to the flavor text is awesome. I mean, look at him. He's freaking um. Oh crap. Kratos. Oh, Kratos. <laughs> thank you. Jesus. Yeah, he's he's Kratos. He's obviously just destroying the hell out of something using um. Uh, contextual, press X to not die. What the hell are those called? <laughs> quick, time, <laughs> quick time events. <laughs> like, he's obviously in the middle of a quick time event right here. So, so for three and a red, he's a rare human warrior who's 2-2, and with heroic, when you cast a spell that targets him, he shocks something. That's <laughs> awesome. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. so freaking cool. <laughs> and, and read the flavor text. It used to be a lair. Now it's just a tunnel. See? Right in the middle of a quick time event. This is so good. You had a guy, now you don't. And my guy is probably bigger now. Or at least better in some way. At least better, yeah. Sweet. You know, that makes me think back to maybe why Boulder Fall costs so much. Because it can, not only can it be some removal, but in a pinch, it can be a pretty massive uh, heroic triggerer. Oh yeah! Oh my God! If you just if you just point one damage at each of the guys, you want to be heroic. That's true. And then the rest at whatever you don't like. Hmm. Yeah, maybe that's why it costs so much. I guess so. It's still really expensive. It is. Oh man! While we're in red, I really like Portent of Betrayal too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is a uh, three and a red for uh, what's this called now? It's not threatened. It's uh, uh, a, a uh, mark of treachery, heresy, no. something. Um, act of treason. Act of treason with scry one. So yeah, attack an extra mana onto it, and you get scry one. That's freaking cool. I I really like the name. Not um, that the rest of the card is awesome, but I I literally read the name before I read the rest of the card, and I immediately know what it did. I'm like, oh, it's an act of treason that does something else. Important. It's an act of treason with Scry. Like it, it's beautifully named. He's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm in black now because I guess I am, and I'm looking at Insatiable Harpy for. I used to date her. <laughs> she looks like she's really let herself go. Man. Yeah, well, you know, when she, um, when she lose the chewy, <laughs> she costs two and two black. So for a total of four, she's a two-two with flying and lifelink, and she's uncommon. The funny thing about this is it most reminds me of the Cockatrice from M14. And I remember saying when we previewed that card, which had the same mana cost and was a 2-2 flying death touch, that I was saying, wow, they they really feel that um, Vampire Nighthawk is too good because that costs one colorless less, has more toughness, and has lifelink. And now they have completely validated my theory by printing the other half of Vampire Nighthawk on the same guy with the same stats. Like, not even a 3-3 or anything, just just a 2-2. So that goes to show you just how off-the-scale Vampire Nighthawk really is. 
Because you can pay one and two black for a two three flying lifelink death touch guy. Or you can pay four colorless mana and four black mana for two two twos that are each of them <laughs> not as good as him. Hmm. <laughs> How do you feel about flesh mad flesh mad steed? It I just was seems just looking at that. It's bad. so funny. It's so funny because I guess it's funny. Be- I, I I probably like it more because I get the reference because it's okay. one of the flesh eating horses. Um, What's a flesh eating horse? Flesh eating horses were um oh they're part it. of the trial of Hercules. Yeah, it was yeah, one of the trials of Hercules. Stables. Yeah, cleaning out the stables of the big bad horses. Aegean. Yeah, cleaning out the cleaning out the Aegean. No, wait a no, minute. Hang on. There's no, he had right he had to steal someone's horses. I don't think that's right either. No, no, this, he had to clean this, up these stables. He had to clean out the stables because they had pooed all over the place. No, and he redirected these, a river to do so. That wasn't these horses, though. I, I remembered that trial, but I didn't here we go. These are the them. mares of Diomedes. There, yes, Diomedes. All I had to do was Google flesh-eating horses and look what it found. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's funny to me because you know something dies and the horse is like, oh my god, and he runs over and he and he stops paying attention to you. I just wish maybe it got a plus one plus one counter when it did it or something or regenerated or something. It's just eating it. I'm not saying it needs to be any better. It's just, I mean, we have a. These days, black gets a bear pretty easily. Like, there's the well. I think no. I think that's just. Be, I think walking corpse was just to help push zombies. But there was the rat thing in, in um, for oh, one yeah, in black. Right. There was a two-two gutter rat thing. Yeah. Hmm. So well, this for this, they're trying to be not as fast with the introduction. Okay. There. Anyway, so that's fine, and it's flavorful. I'm just like, hmm. Okay. Hmm. Sorry, I was reading about the mirrors of Diomedes, and it was the eighth labor that, for some reason, I'd completely forgotten about. So didn't he have to steal them? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Aegean stables was was something else. Yeah. Okay. Too many horses. Yeah. That sounds that sounds like a sitcom. Too many horses. Bird, with, Danny, with Danny DeVito. Oh man! Hey guys. What? Check check the link right there in the chat, and I think I might have found the episode image for this. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you guys want to know what in the hell I'm talking about, go to themanifold.com and look. Wow. Yeah, staring into my soul. Quick, go to Thassa's Bounty. For five and a blue is a sorcery. Common, draw three cards. Target player puts the top three cards of his or library into his or graveyard. It's in a clamshell. <laughs> Clam people. Clam. <laughs> oh, uh, did you guys talk about Hythonia the Cruel? Not yet. familiar. Hey, Hythonia the Cruel is for four and two black. It's a legendary Gorgon. That's a mythic. We did. You were asking Keep about going. something that clears the board. Oh, yeah. oh right. The monstrosity clears the board. I mean, right. she's, she is mythic. It's not a rare. It's a mythic, but you're right. Yeah, we did talk about that last time. Yeah, yeah, I remember it came up because we were discussing memorable monstrosity triggers. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that when all my creatures died and then I lost. Yeah, yeah, she's because you know they have something like a keepsake gorgon, a couple of those, and some other gorgons, and then they use this, and it's like, oh yeah, my gorgons now just run over and kill you. Gorgons for the win. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't have any gorgons. 
Um, oh, man, did you see the prescient Camaro? He's great. This is crazy. For three and two blue, it's a three-four flying Camaro that's common. And whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, scry one. <laughs> yeah. So if you have two of these out and you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you can scry one and then scry one again. <gasps> it's common. This is not uh, unfeasible. <laughs> and, unfeasible? And, and that instant or sorcery will probably make you scry. <laughs> so. There's a lot of scry here. Well, speaking of a lot of scry, how do you feel about stymied hopes? Stymied hopes. Do, it's do, do, a nice do, do. little what? force spike I mean, scry attached. Huh? I mean, for, oh, force, okay. force spike is eminently playable in part because it costs a blue. And we all know that um, mana leak is extremely playable at two mana. <laughs> and mana a leak lot might of, as well just be countered. <laughs> and, and a lot of times it might as well be force spike just because if the opponent's tapping out, there's literally no difference. Um, this also, this is more limited than that, but it has scry attached. I have the weird feeling that this is going to be played a lot. And people aren't thinking about it because it's a common, but I have a feeling this is going to start showing, if there's any viable control at all, this is going to show up a lot. Possibly more than the count, than the cancel with, um, scry just because it costs two instead of three. Mm-hmm. So. Just uh, something to keep in mind. If we're thinking about limited, Sea God's Revenge feels so. Dude, so how is this fair? Mean. It's not. It's not. Okay, good, good, because I was wondering. You're going to hate this card. Mike's going to hate the Scorpion, <laughs> and Chewie's going to hate the Sea God's Revenge. I uh, know. Here's, here's, like, here's, here's your other Wrath that you were looking for. Yeah, really? Yes, so. So, for five and a blue, Sea God's Revenge is an uncommon sorcery that bounces. Three target creatures your opponents control, and then you scry one. Just to up to up to three. Up to three. Not, I'm saying you don't want to do it for three most of the time, but but bounce it, three dudes, bounce three of your dudes, and then I'm gonna scry just to kick dirt in your face now that you're down. <laughs> and I'm probably gonna you know win now. Yeah. What the hell? This feels a lot like Aetherize, except you don't have to wait for them to attack. They can't, it's harder to play around. You don't play around this. You, you just hope they don't have it. You don't, yeah, you don't avoid this. What do you do? Like hold that third creature, creature in your hand. Like, ha, ah, I'm not going to step into it. Like, okay, bounce your other two. Nina, <laughs> just hope that is, you have a, a flash creature in your hand. That, yes. <laughs> the only thing you got. So, okay, I have another, are we done there? Cause I have another random yeah, card. Yeah. The way this is worded weirds me out. Okay. It's the, is it Miletus or Miletus? Miletus, I think. Miletus. Whatever, the charlatan? I would say Miletus. You would say what? Uh, Miletus. Miletus. Yeah. Okay, so the Miletus charlatan for two and a blue is a two, three rare human wizard. And for two and a blue and tap, the controller, the controller of target instant or sorcery spell copies it. That player may choose new targets for the copy. Now... This seems like they're introducing politics into multiplayer. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, this is a this is a group huggy kind of card. Yeah. Okay, so you think that's why they did it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can still do your stuff, but, but now you can, you know, help your buddy over there. Is there any way hey. to use for your opponent to use this or to use this against your opponent rather? Uh, may choose. I'm sure there are. 
maybe like if they're oh, getting really low on life, like re read the bones. Yeah. Something that something that doesn't have targets. Can lose two more life, Joker. <laughs> I mean, and you ask. Two more cards, damn it. <laughs> you you ask. That's pretty much the only thing. They'd have to be casting a spell that they don't want to have another copy of. That's the only way you can do it. Uh, this is much more intended for group hug. Like, hey, look, you're drawing some cards. Draw some more cards. Gain some more life. You know, have another giant sphinx's revel- revelation because that's awesome. Shoot some more dudes. Now this is this I is a single player Armageddon. card. Wasn't that the question in this? Was is this a single? This is a single player card because you play something, and because you're the controller of that spell, well, yeah. you can pay that, and then you can go yeah. and it's just, you're the one you just talked about. See God's revenge. Yeah, the issue you with play that, that again, you choose three more. Dirk, the issue with that <laughs> is that any any the spell you're playing essentially costs three more that way. It's a lot cheaper to copy someone else's spell because. You're not paying. Oh. You're only paing tuna blue, and he. So, so two is asking, why does it say the controller versus like you? You know, do you get to copy what they're doing? No, it, it's meant to okay. encourage multiplayer. Pol- you can use this in a duel, absolutely. And can you copy your own stuff? Sure. And then the question was, can you make them sorry that they cast something? And really, I guess it's if it's something they didn't want to be casting in the first place. <laughs> Copy of Warp World and see what happens. Oh, there was something down here that I read. I want to say it was in red or something like that. That oh yeah, I was just thinking about the Fire Drinker Seder. It's like oh, that is a terror. That would be a bad one to be sort of like pigeonholed into defending with, and in, and whatever you're defending does not have trample. Yeah, that's, that'd be kind of rough. Although it, yeah. I am, I for one, if I can move on, am happy that Mnemonic Wall is back because it's basically an Archaeomancer, but it's a wall that costs five. It's a zero four wall. Um, this I think was printed in Rise of the Eldrazi before Archaeomancer was ever printed, and it was the first time you saw this really consolidated like this. That it wasn't on like you, you had anarchists that did sorceries and. Uh, the blue scrivener or somebody that did the yes. blue one that did instance, mm-hmm. and then you had the the is it guy from the original Ravnica that did both because of blue and a red. So this was the first one. It felt very concise, and then they came out with um oh uh, I just said it um <laughs> okay, okay yeah, yeah I think which cost four, but this is a lot more robust. So uh, I actually, when we went to a tournament somewhere, I was playing a, a control deck. This is a Star City Open, and I used Venser to uh, play a mnemonic, play a mnemonic wall, and blink it out, and keep getting my kill spells back to keep, you know, oh, you've got a Titan, blow it up, blink my wall, get my kill spell back, or my counter spell, or whatever, go. So uh, this has a fond place in my heart. So, hey, yay! Dissolve is nice. Yep. Because that's essentially the new, like it's, obviously it's one more than counterspell, but what, what, what has been the, the counterspell since then? Cancel. Cancel. It costs and so the this same one is cancel. to cancel with a scry attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't decide if I like Fate Foretold or not. These, these, it draws, a, it replaces itself immediately, but I just don't know if it does enough. I mean, I think it's fine for a common enchantment. Like we said earlier, when we first touched upon this common cycle of self-replacing enchantments, part of it is just to be um, 
uh, hero triggers. Yeah, that's that's true. I kind of like a aqueous form a little better. Uh, for a single blue enchant creature, enchant creature can't be blocked, and whenever it attacks, scry one. Wow, that's cool. It's freaking awesome. Unblockability not good enough. Now when you attack, you get to scry. Thank you, sir. May I have an ox? I mean another. Another ox. Sorry, I was still scrolling up, and that's right there. Did we talk about Spark Jolt? We talked about Spark Jolt, right? When you were talking about Burn earlier? I don't think we did. Okay, no, we so didn't. Magma Jet is two damage for two mana, and you scry two. And Spark Jolt is half of that. It's one damage, scry one for one mana. It's, it's a nice little, it's a nice cute little thing. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they can really scale it up to the next step without making something that's too powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, I mean, they could if they went. It would be like they like three. doubled it, you know. Yeah. Three, yeah. It's three damage and scry three for six. <laughs> well, no, uh, no, I mean, if you're keeping it, in, I guess you could make it red, red, red. Maybe. Deal three damage to three. something and scry three and deal three damage to you and each creature you control. There you go. Yeah, and at the beginning go. of the next turn, take three damage. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of your of your keep, if this is in your graveyard, uh, lose the game. I don't know. I'm I'm just making stuff up at this point. No, they're, they're gonna the save lose the game for the one that costs six. Oh. Then you get eaten by flesh eating horses. Right. That's that's the um that's the new uh, keyword mechanic for Journey into Nyx. Flesh eating horses. Eat, eaten by flesh eating horses. <laughs> Would that be a keyword or an ability word? No, it, it works the same way every time, so they can keyword it. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on to white, how about Scholar of Athreos? I, I think this is, is pretty decent, especially, obviously, in multiplayer. For two and a white, you get a horn turtle, a 1-4, human cleric. He's a common. Pay two and a black, each opponent loses one life. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. He oh, doesn't work right into my cleric deck. He doesn't have a tap, unlike the Siphon Mage. He doesn't require you to discard a card. Uh, he's half of that, mind you. But the fact that you you're not losing anything, especially like in a board stall, even in limited, I could see you know just having this guy there just to if you've got nothing else to use your mana on, just do this, and you can slowly pull ahead. Yep. And. I think it's funny that the white got way more of the uh, enchant enchantment creatures than the other colors. Well, it is white, and white is one of the primary colors for auras to begin with. Does it really have that many more than every other color, though? The other colors only have like three, and it has five. Uh, well, if he's done, if if Dirk has done the the Adelon, research, Alcade emissary. Are you are you saying the bestow creatures or uh, all of the enchantment creatures? I'm just I'm looking at the the, the special ones. Uh, so are, like you, the, are you the ones counting? that have the the all the other colors should have four because all of the colors have the god, the emissary, the Adelon, the the nymph, and um yeah. So like the spe- I mean like the special border the the next like Nyx. border. Yeah, uh, all, all the colors have the weapons, so I think white only has one more. No, they have six. Because you've got the spear. One, two, three, four, five, 
six. Well, then all the other colors should have five at the least because all of those things are cycles. Or are the Eidolons not in every color? The Archons like, not. This up. I think the Eidolons are. Yeah, the Archon, I think, is the one thing. Why are we having this discussion on the air? The Archon is the one that is not part of a cycle. No, I don't see an Eidolon in blue. Okay. Really? Okay, so white does have have two more. Never mind, I that's right. There was an Eidolon for every color. Yeah, there was an Eidolon for some of the colors. Okay, there's an Eidolon in black. Why wasn't yep. it in blue? Black's got five. Well, so there's I, an uneven. No, well, black's I, got I, six. <laughs> okay, I don't know why that would be. That I, I think that that that's just how they worked it out. Uh, we cannot leave without talking about the most powerful card in limited ever printed: the yoked ox. Oh. It's a zero four. You'd think it had defender. Oh, but wait, it doesn't have defender. Okay, well you're thinking, well surely if this card doesn't have defender, it must cost like six mana. But no, it costs one mana. Shut up, Brian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Mike get back? I heard Mike fall off. Oh, I didn't hear Mike fall off. Oh, he's still trying to get back. Dang it, man. Okay. I'm trying to see. I think we've covered everything pretty well, unless you guys have anything else. I'm taking a quick look over the multicolored well, the, stuff again. Again, since I wasn't hearing everything, yeah, the, what you got, the Planeswalkers. <laughs> oh my god, the like the Seder one. Dude, <laughs> he is so crazy. He's freaking sick, man. He's just. That, how we were talking about uh, the Red God, you know, just popping out creatures, and you can just deal two damage, and this guy's like, yeah, two two. Oh, you like, you like, and Tutu with haste. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was reading through and yeah, he's, he's a, uh, an interesting one. He adds mana, gives you a creature, and then takes all the lands and puts them into play, right? Put any number of creature or, and or, oh no, he just goes and just says, eh, yeah, put these on the, on the, on the, to the battlefield. What did the other one do? The other one is a mill kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's right. It's really interesting because it's one of the only planeswalkers where you can't automatically use his, you can only automatically use that first ability because the other two have nothing to reference until you started exiling cards with him. So you, he's one of the only planeswalkers where you can only use that first ability the first, the first time you play it. <laughs> so, um, Da, 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 da. I was gonna say something, and uh, I like the siren. Any anything that sort of can play havoc with attacking and blocking is pretty cool. The whole "Hey you, get over here" effect. What's that called? Um, there's an alluring siren. I don't know if it's ever been given a nickname. No, I mean this card that you're talking about. Uh, this is the shipwreck singer. Uh, for a blue and a black. It's a siren. It's a one-two flyer. It's uncommon. Pay one and a blue. Does not require tap, which is important. Target creature and opponent controls attacks this turn of able and one and a black and tap it. Attacking creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Obviously the second ability has the tap so you don't just fuel all your mana into this to just keep anyone from attacking you. Um, but it's nice then because you can Make that guy attack, and then still use that second ability. Oh, I didn't notice that the second ability was attacking creatures. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <coughs> hey, you. You uh, come right over here where these sharp, pointy rock things are. <laughs> <Anyway>. Handsome. 
<laughs> hey, Dirk, what did you think of the uh, a crow and horse? Let's see. What it's, right next, art- it's an it's artifact. An artifact. It's, right next to it's the, the uh, very first board. artifact. Oh, yeah, we already talked about that one. Did you, <laughs> you weren't we talked about that. it last week. Yeah. No, we didn't. We talked about it the uh, first time they released stuff. Because it's the it's the guys inside the horse. Oh. Uh, a target opponent gains control of it, so you give the horse to somebody, and then they get... Then the opponents get uh, little soldiers, so it's the little it's a Trojan horse. Well, no, the opponents give you little soldiers. You give this to somebody, and then they control the card. So then they because they control it. The whenever it's referencing something like your opponents, it's talking to its controller. So I give this to Dirk, and then at the beginning of Dirk's upkeep, all of Dirk's opponents get soldiers. Get a soldier. Yeah. Right. Everybody but the guy with the horse. Right. Well, and that's yeah. what I was meaning by that is that yeah, you sort of get stuck with it and you're like, dang it, I got the horse. No. <laughs> You've been horse. Talk, talk about the Greeks bearing gifts and everything. You're like, you don't want the, this gift because everyone else is getting something better in return. I have to get Dirk's opinion. I, you know, I don't want to make put Dirk on the spot for everything. But since we pretty much covered, I think what we're going to cover, I just have to ask: What do you think of the Pyxis of Pandemonium? It's down a little bit. It's an artifact. It costs one. Yeah, I've already seen this one too. Each player has top cards. Yeah, it's. I think when we talked about it, it was like, uh, I mean, it's it's great, but it costs seven. You don't like the ability to just tap it to mill everybody for one? I mean, sure. sure. <laughs> there are better milling cards. I mean, but you don't know what you're losing. Okay, I just wanted. This, to... Wasn't this one that we were like, yeah, this is great, but no, this one know. we talked about last week while you were not here. I swear we talked about the horse in this one two episodes ago. No, because this one was not revealed at that time. I don't know, man. There were a few things that we talked about with Tom just because he was here. That had That's true. Over. Okay. I, I'm fairly certain we talked about the Pixis with Dirk. I thought we talked about the horse without Dirk. Uh, maybe we covered them both twice, and now the <laughs> listeners are like, oh, my God. Will you <laughs> shut up about the horse already? Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Have you heard about this Pixis of <laughs> It's not as good as the Horizon Chimera, which is actually really nice. You know, like ones that I thought were interesting, like uh, Time Time uh, Timeret, the Murder King. The Murder King. I saw him like like reading his ability, and because uh, two damage gets th- is again is printed on a whole bunch of things. I'm like, oh my gosh, red is gonna be the the color to beat. In this set, I don't know, or at least you know, you know, in, green is pretty freaking. Well, green, yeah, green is branched out. You you should be really happy with the green in this set, I would think. Oh, I it's am. a good time to be a green player. The fact that Scry is in this and Scry is heavy in this block, it it just makes me very happy. Well, this actually segues into something I actually did want to ask you guys about. So if we're more or less done with the general spoiler. But it kind of feeds off of that a little bit. The pre-release is coming up this Saturday, mm-hmm. and I know at least three of the four us are, of us are planning to attend. Last Wait, time I checked, pre-release is this weekend, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, piss. Okay, sorry. Keep going. Does that mean Chewie's not going? To, uh, huh? Does that mean well, Chewie's not going? Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Okay. Uh, well, my question was then going to be, 
we mentioned either two episodes ago that you could not use the pre-release card at the pre-release, and yeah, we've we been were co- wrong. We when were I listened co- to that episode, I was like, no, because even we, at the time, it was known that you could. We were when wrong. You that episode, it, it was known that you could use the card. Okay. Considering pre-releases are getting kind of dumb here lately, I don't. I didn't even pay any attention to it. Here's a hero card. You can't use it, but you'll have it, so you can use it later. That, and, that, and that was probably what I, when I said something about it, that was probably what I was thinking about, because they give you the the hero's path card that you can't use until game day. So I was probably thinking, oh, okay, pre-release card, so, you know, you can't use it, because... You can't use any of this except for the stuff in the boosters. Uh, but what you do, what you do do, what do you do, voodoo, whatever, uh, when you go is you basically pick a color and you get five normal boosters and then you've got one seated booster pack that is mostly, not, un- they haven't said entirely, but mostly that color, kind of like the guild boosters for Return to Ravnica. So what I wanted to ask each of us is if you were planning to go or even if you weren't which color would you pick keeping in mind you know the the card you would get the the pre-release card and the color and i was gonna say i would um i was gonna go with the red one because i think the red uh monstrous guy actually is really interesting um i'm not a big fan of LD effects in multiplayer. This wouldn't be for multiplayer for me, but I think it's a very strong effect. So I was going to say red. Um, what would some is somebody else going, and if they're going or if they're not, what would they pick? Uh, I am going, but I'll be going to the one in Hillsborough because uh, Gabe called me up over the weekend and invited me to come hang out with him and go do that. Um, but I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose the hero's path of uh, ambition. Not only because the demon is the one of the pre-release cards that I most actually want to play with, but because the the hero's path card that can give death touch, um, I think will be really helpful if I do the if I do the challenge deck things at game day. Okay. And black should be is not is a color you generally play at pre-releases anyway. Looking at the guilds you've chosen over the last year. Yeah. Yeah, I I just like. I've just really taken to liking playing black and red a whole lot over the past several years. And black oh, has a lot of good removal. So what's the name of the store you're going to? Uh, it's it's a toy factory in Hillsboro. Okay, in Hillsboro, and it's a great store, and everybody should come see it, no matter what Clue says. Uh, yes, exactly that. Okay. What about you, Chewie? Oh, sorry. No, nothing. Maybe maybe something. No. No, nothing. Not a Apparently not. damn thing. Um, well, I was looking at black just because of the card, but then since I get to play with the card, I'm thinking of going white. For the Archon? Because for five mana, a 4-4 flying first striker, yeah, it's hard to go wrong with that. And white seems to have a pretty decent amount of removal here, too, with, you know, destroy this creature that's four or greater, or kill this small creature and they gain some life. Or chance the right, you know, white, white has... Or divine verdict. Divine verdict. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's pretty sweet. And where, where are you gonna play? I completely forgot that it was this weekend, so I haven't decided if I'm even going yet. Okay. Well talk to me about that later. The we'll listener do. don't have to, yeah. yeah and have. Dirk, are you planning on going? And if so or if not, what color would you pick? 
<laughs> as if we uh, have to, you know. Uh, I'm down. As far as I know and everything, I have plans, so I will not be going. Okay. If you and were going. If I was, I'd probably go green. Yeah, I was thinking for you it'd probably end up either blue or green with just the stuff that's here to be had. Yeah. I didn't know which of the pre-release cards interested you more. I don't know if you have them up in front of you. I... The Hunter, is that is that what you mean? Like the hero cards? Well, not, well, I mean, if you if you thought you might use those later, the, I meant the actual pre-release card. I have actually never oh. seen the pre-release cards. Oh, really? I oh, want to say you guys sent that at some point, but I, yeah, I cannot find it wherever I've gone and clicked and everything because it has like the hero's path and all those. And when you guys were doing the cards and everything, oh, there we go. It was in an Arcana. Yeah, like it, like it had them up. To see, but it didn't. I couldn't actually click on the image for the longest time. Uh, I would have to say the the Archon or uh, Satin, the Satinan Hero. Okay. And those, so. Yeah, I'd just be concerned that it'd just be too hard to use um, uh, Anthusa if you actually draw her and play her. I don't know. It does say up to so. Mm. She's still a four or five for. That's true. Got it. Sweet. All right. I just wanted to get everybody's feedback on that. Uh, cool. We 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 had talked previously. Like, what guild are you gonna do? You know, what shirt are you gonna wear? What's for lunch? That is the most important question out of all of these. <laughs> so there's one more actual card I want to talk about. Oh, okay. And if you if you listen to Monday Night Magic, I apologize for the uh, repetition, but this is important enough to where I think it needed to go across. Uh, all spectrums. Is that is that the right uh, frequencies across all frequencies? We already talked mm-hmm. about the ox. I don't know what's left. No, 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 not the best card for limited. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, the guardians of Meletus. Meletus. Mel. Ah, uh, yeah. Meli. Uh, what? Meletus. Yeah, the guardians of Steve. Uh, for three colorless mana, are a common artifact creature golem. Golub. And there is zero six with Defender. And the art is these two big statue-looking dudes holding up their swords and they're crossed. And they, they look like uh, like the Argonath in uh, Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings. Except these can apparently not kick your ass, but they can stand there and keep you from kicking someone's ass. But that's actually none of that's important. If you read the flavor text, it says... The history speak of two feuding rulers whose deaths were celebrated and whose monuments symbolized the end of their wars. In truth, they were peaceful lovers, their story lost to the ages. And you'll read that and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Huh. But you might not even notice, to be honest. But according to Doug Bayer, Doug Bayer, we really need to ask him how you pronounce his damn name. I think it's Bayer. I don't know. I mean, I think it's Bayer. I always thought it was Briar, like the ice cream, and I think that's just because I wasn't reading it carefully enough. <laughs> I think it's Bob. DeBruit. Bob DeBruit. There we go. But uh, what? It, Doug Byer works for Creative, right? Correct. Like, isn't he one of, I don't know if he's one of the higher-ups in Creative or not, because I don't keep track of that sort of thing. Well, he, I mean, he wrote all that stuff. Well, there you go. Didn't he write the J stuff? He 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 uh, he wrote the art the uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean I know he wrote the shards of Alara book. 
He wrote the Savor the Flavor article for a long time. Yeah. But either way, he works for Creative. And on his Tumblr, uh, someone asked him, hey, is this the first reference to a same-sex relationship on a card? And he says, to his knowledge, the flavor text on this card is the first explicit mention of a same-sex relationship on a magic card. And that, my friends, is progress. It's, there we go. It's a small yeah. step, but the fact that it's even there is freaking awesome. Prilliman yeah. pointed out that they brought, they had to get rid of demons, and then they brought back demons, and only like a decade later, now we get uh, gay people. So just gave some time. A, a tangential mention of of a potential lover's relationship between two people of the same sex. So, like, it's not even, like, up front. There's not exactly a book based on it. Or, I don't know, I haven't seen the book for for this set. But, you know, <laughs> so it's it's not It's on <laughs> one card. It's right there. And I'm not saying that this is minimizing. I'm just saying that it takes a long time for society to, to even try and deal with these concepts, obviously. So, exactly. Good for them. Yeah. And, and I think it's it's nice. It, it makes it a little safer. For them to bring it back in a in a Greco-Roman inspired set like this, uh, we actually we actually talked about this a little bit during the break. Um, that's when Chewie first brought it up to us. And uh, for the for the Greeks, uh, that it it was it was more than brotherhood. It was the love between two males like this was seen as the purest and realest kind of love that could be between two people. That's just how they saw things. So, so this wouldn't be uh, an at all strange idea. Mm. Yeah, it's the little things, one step at a time. Yep. I kind of doubt we're gonna have you know Jason Garrick making out on a card anytime soon. <laughs> and let's hope not at all because they are so not right for each other. <laughs> oh, but still, I'm, I'm sure there's at least one female listener out there who just said, "Damn it!" <laughs> and and maybe some male listeners too. Maybe yes. <laughs> uh, right now we've got the card Annex and Samid. The white, uh, the white red card is, is a husband and wife, and she's already been struck by li- lightning once. Maybe she'll be struck by lightning again, and the next in the next set we'll have one on one card Annex and Ashiok. Yeah, how about not? <laughs> can, we, can we say no? That'd be all right. It would be white and red and blue and black and progressive. And, and we'll have one and a half faces. <laughs> It'll be the first one and a half faced card. <laughs> I just want to say, legendary creature, nightmare planeswalker, human soldier. It's a, it's a, it's a, 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 a heroic nightmare. Okay, I'm good now. Are you? <laughs> um, for now. Oh. It it just happened to be that I was scrolling down the next male figure I saw was Ashok and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what so. his head looks like. Imagine, never mind. Uh, right. So, uh, are we ta da? Are we done with uh, with Theros? You think for the moment? In so many ways. <laughs> I oh oh you know I I started to mention this earlier. It's the very last card I just want to mention was the Horizon Chimera. For two and a blue and a green. It's a three two chimera. It's uncommon. It's got flash. You want to talk about combat tricks? 
walked right into it. It's got flying and trample. So a three power flying guy with trample, four four mana. I remember when what was it the the zeppelin or something the Zepp, the, the blimp thing. Yeah, assault zeppelin. Yeah. yeah, was was real. And this has flash. It's got one less toughness. And whenever you draw a card, which by the way you do every turn, you gain a life. And because it has flash, you. You know, you don't play it and then wait till next turn to then gain a life. You play it during their turn and then, oh look, I draw a card, I gain a life. So, I just thought that was really sweet. I like how all the chimeras, the chimeras do not have one uniform look. They all look very, very different, which is That's appropriate. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, cause this one, the Horizon Chimera has like stork legs and a, yeah. all kinds of stuff going on. And then the Spellheart Chimera looks very different because it's got a ram's head and it looks like it's bleeding or something like as it's flying through the sky. And there's several other Chimera, so... Ooh, is that the one that costs three? Like one a red and a blue and has power equal to the number of instances of sorceries in the graveyard? Yeah. Yes. And it has trample. And it hit... What? I know. What is it? A It's an X3? It's an yeah. X3. A star, a star 3. three. This yeah. will kill you at the pre-release. Just be careful. Because, I mean, let's say even if they've just got three instances of sorceries, then they, like, cast one, like in combat. Just, oh, by the way, something over there that's unrelated now, you take four. What? Damn it! But I blocked. Yeah, you took one instead. Yeah. Bounce three of your guys. <laughs> Buh! Make my guy bigger. <laughs> That and scry, that's fair, right? That's a, that, that's a good card. <laughs> so yeah, just uh, just pointing stuff out there. Watch out for that thing because anything whose power and toughness or whose power can grow by itself, you know, well, especially not quite in the by air itself, but not quite by itself. And in limited, well, you really I mean, there's something that you're just gonna do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I, don't, I think it may be more fair than you're giving credit for because you only want to run so many non-creature spells, but I'm not denying the fact that it has the potential to be really good. But if you get two of this guy and a bunch of scry, you can build around him. That's true. He's uncommon, or is he common? He's uncommon. He's uncommon. I like limited format much like how Innistrad was, where it's not necessarily just about play the best stuff you've got, although that's always a, a decent strategy. You can actually craft almost constructed level decks. Like, I heard so many stories from people doing Innistrad drafts that would be, like, based around spider spawning and these very, very niche uh, strategies that would actually work really well. So, And it looks like there's the potential for this sort of stuff here, too. And I think that makes Limited very dynamic. Yay. Yeah. The designers and developers call them, you know, build-around-me uncommons. And this guy is definitely one of them. Niche. <laughs> Niche. Um. So. So. Are we are we done? Like for reals? Until yeah, I, I think we uh, we said we weren't gonna go over every card. Just like we always say, we're not gonna go over every card. And I think we like missed one, so let's just leave it that way. Okay, good. Final thoughts, Mike. Final thoughts, Mike. Um. I am looking forward. I would like to, if I can, uh, participate in all the special heroes path stuff because I think it sounds. Interesting, especially since uh, you know we got a little more explanation today about how some parts of it work. And against the challenge decks that'll be up at game day, you don't have to bring like a standard deck; you can just bring whatever. So I'm gonna 
pick, you know, one of my favorite casual decks that I never get to play against anybody outside of, you know, my group of these close friends here, and I'm going to show up and just, uh, I guess the challenge deck, it'll be awesome. Are you going to quest for Ula's Temple? I was thinking either quest for Ula's Temple or High Tide Eldrazi. Yep, you're a jerk. I love you. <laughs> I'll be I... fighting against the challenge deck. Sometimes I literally forget. Sometimes I literally forget that those are two different decks. In my mind, it's just it's just one thing. It's yeah, because they do pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Quest for High Tide Eldrazi. <laughs> That's a good card. Word. Is that all you got, Mike? Yes, it is. Dirk. So something I got, uh, popped into my head earlier this week. There was an episode on YouTube about Star Trek versus Star Wars. Oh God. And I thought it was, and you know, it was like the, they made it look like Star Trek is far more advanced tech in, than Star Wars is. And the only way they won is because Darth Vader can use the Force. And I hate to tell you guys this. I, I love both. But Star, Star Wars is far better than, like, the, the tech is far above Star, Star Trek. Really? Uh-oh. You're gonna cost us all of our listeners right now. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, exactly also, half of them. Yes, the <laughs> uh, the Star Destroyer is almost three times longer than the Star Trek, the Enterprise E, which is longer than the Galaxy class. Mm-hmm. But I cannot find tonnage and energy output equivalent to both of them. So length is the only thing that's there. So it's bigger. Yeah, the star the Star Destroyer is three times, you know, somewhere around three times longer, which require one would assume three times more power. So when you get shot by a, a laser there, it could start shredding the shields. And there's a lot more that goes into it, but I, I won't bore the listeners with it. Yeah, I think maybe the reason some people just automatically think, you know, oh, the Star Trek tech is better is because it looks, um, is because newer. it looks, you know, not, yeah, newer and cleaner instead of something that, you know, some dude had to put together in his backyard real quick. Like even the big Imperial ships. <laughs> Because the the thing is, is on the level of civilization, the Federation is still in their little corner of the galaxy. But in the Star Wars universe, the Empire, the Republic, whatever, is literally spanning the size of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. And so if you look on the the level of tech and everything that requires that, they have to have monumentally more power available, which which means their energy and their weapons are going to be far more powerful. Yeah. I mean, like, when, when the Voyager ended up in the Delta Quadrant, they are like, oh, God, we're going to be, like, you know, 100 years old by the time we get back home. But then in Star in Star Wars, people will go to the Outer Rim, like, oh, let's go to the Outer Rim. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> hey, we've got 20 minutes to kill before the movie starts. Let's truck out to the Outer Rim real quick and look around. <laughs> Take some pictures. <laughs> Anybody feel like doing a Kessel run? <laughs> I actually heard... A scientific explanation for the reason that that doof in the movie makes sense because he he completed the Kessel Run in however many parsecs and a parsec is a measure of distance, not a measure of time. Thank you. That that right there. And I actually heard a long time ago someone explain that in such a way that it made perfect sense, and now I was pissed off because <laughs> that shouldn't make sense. Damn it! That was obviously a goof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or they just hadn't figured that out yet. They used that term thinking, okay, we're going to use that term, and a thousand and one 
dorks descended and said, these words must have meaning. What does it? Okay, it's clearly. So I don't know who came up with the term. I don't know if George Lucas said, yes, this is this, or somebody just said, they use that word. So scientists <laughs> use this word. Let's use it. Yeah, I was about to say, here's a cool science word. Is, oh, it actually, is, is it actually a word? Like, I thought, it, is it made yes, up or? A part oh, it's an actual word. Uh, okay, see, I retract my previous statement because, again, I thought it was kind of like Klingon where somebody, you know, says some words and therefore <laughs> they mean something. A parse, it's three something, three, three, it's three point something light years. Three, hang on, I got Google. Okay. But well, I, say, okay. I thought there was some way that it was also a form of measurement of the night sky. Here we go. A part. No, that's that's something else. A parsec is a unit of length that's about three point two six light years. Oh, it's it's because it's uh yeah 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 it's the parallax of one arc second in the sky. So parsec oh. parallax of an arc second. Okay. Yeah, and and that's that's what you were thinking of, Dirk. That's yeah, that's idea. what you were thinking of. Yes, clearly. Anyway, we got way off topic here. Brian doesn't know what parallax is. Don't worry about so, it. Thank I'm, you, thank you, thank I, I am you. The, I'll be here I am the, the least scientific of all these guys here. So, Dude, he knows what parallax is. He's, that's who Green Lantern turned into and destroyed the, the time. Destroyed time in zero hour back in the 90s. Come on now. Well, now he knows, now that you spoiled it. <laughs> By the way, it was Hal Jordan. But it didn't matter because Jeff freaking Johns brought him back because Jeff Johns misses the Silver Age and... Was he dating? Was he dating Blake Lively at the time? What the hell is a Blake Lively? It's Ryan Reynolds' girlfriend. They met on the set of Green Lantern. Oh, her! Oh man. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Brian, final thoughts for God's sake. Let's get away from it. Well, Eric, were you done? Yes. Yes. My bad. My bad goes. It's kind of funny that I was going to mention that I never really watched Star Trek as a kid. I didn't watch the shows, any first, second, third generation, deep space, whatever. Uh, I, I, I watched a lot of Star Wars, and then as Mike, you know, knows, I, I played the Star Wars card game, and that's what got me into card games. Um, but I did see the newer uh, movie by J.J. Abrams a couple of years ago, and then I just this weekend got around to renting, because it just came out, uh, Into Darkness, and I thought it was really good, and I thought it was possibly better than the first one. Uh, the first one being the one from, like, 2008, 2009, not comparing it to the original series. Yeah, the other one that J.J. Abrams did. The, yeah. the only one I saw of the original series was, like, the one with the whales, and my dad Star took Trek me. Star Trek the this most recent one is Star Trek II, the most recent one is a cop-out for the second movie. It was a cop-out. Well, anyway, I thought it was really good, and it was possibly better than the one that he did a couple of years ago. And I have no basis to compare that to, so that's someone that enjoyed the movie, but I'm not going to compare it to the old series or any of the old actors or any of those parts or anything, just because I don't really know any of that. And then I had dinner with Tom yesterday, and he said he was disappointed by some of the choices they made for characters. He thought it was a good movie, but he didn't enjoy it as much as the first movie. So I thought it was pretty good, and it was worth watching. So, But I am not a Star Trek person. So I don't know if someone uh, that's more ingrained Such and more about. and more invested in the series, I can't <laughs> possibly, you know, a closet Trekkie like Dark or something. Now uh, uh, will, There's uh, some, J.J. Abrams apparently had no was just like, hey, let's take the second Star Trek movie and let's see if we can spice it up a little bit. 
Oh, the second one. The original second movie was so much better. Okay. Again, <laughs> no love for that whatsoever. Not because I hated it, just because... Like, I it wasn't a bad Avengers. movie. I don't think but it I, doesn't to my satisfaction. I don't, I don't think I ever saw it, so... I said uh, I preferred the adventure. <laughs> I heard you about leaving it alone. How do you um, feel about Gideon Jerk? <laughs> He Don't sucks you think so Glory ready. Seekers is the best card ever? <laughs> I'm, I'm... <laughs> is that your head hitting the table? Because if so, I think I just won $5 off a mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he signed up. <laughs> I, guess oh, I guess I'll come back now. <laughs> we, we heckled him so hard he fell off the internet. <laughs> I'm trying to think of individual heckles for each of you, but it would take a little too long. Yeah, there are plenty of general heckles that are oh, that'll yeah. work against all of us. It's 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 easier when you're when you're all ganging up on one guy, but not not and you know I'm not ooh look at me I'm just saying it literally is easier to think of one person at a time. So just for that, I think I'm gonna take your wife to lunch on Friday. You do that. <laughs> I am totally not threatened. Uh, so anyway, just finishing my final thought. It was a pretty good movie, and I would recommend it to anyone that wanted to see it. Especially for a dollar and twenty cents from Redbox. Not that it was that bad, but you know, hey, I still need to see Iron Man of Steel and Iron Man Three and The Hobbit and Skyfall and like five other movies. Okay, Man of Steel is totally worth watching. Yes. And Hobbit was amazing. I'm gonna and see all of those, no matter what. Um, I was gonna see, uh, try and see, um, in uh, uh, R.I.P.D. And Tom said it was not worth going to the Dollar Theater for. Damn. And I was like, wow, okay. Poor speaking Ryan Reynolds. Movie, speaking of movie-type stuff, do you think we'll have to start moving recording to Wednesday since Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting up next week on Tuesdays? But Survivor's on Wednesdays. Uh-oh. I think Survivor is better than The Avenger. Wait, no. <clears throat> I have no oh. interest in watching either of these things, so. I have a tape recorder, so I'll be okay either way. Did he just say tape recorder? I meant DVR. Although I do have a tape recorder, but it's not. Oh, my God. This is going on too long. Okay, I'm... so my turn. We haven't learned anything from this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I learned have a good episode. Did anyone no. learn anything? Nope. <laughs> you know, I learned something today. No, I didn't. <laughs> it, didn't they do that on a, a South Park? You know, I they learned something. On, they what? They, they uh. did that on... They did that on every South Park. That no, I mean, when show. more specifically, we're like, what did you learn? He goes, I don't know. I like the episode where... Um, Here he goes. I like lots of episodes, but I like the episode where uh, Kenny gets struck by a bolt of lightning, and the other two are like, oh, my God, they killed Kenny. You... Can I say bastards on the show? Or is that... Bleeped? Maybe. <laughs> Whatever. You and Chewie just bleeped it. I, did, uh, I didn't, and, actually. And then, and bastard. A girl, that, a, a girl that's standing right next to Kenny is like, who... Who's B? Who who are the and and he's like they they killed him <laughs> yeah they're and she's like we have to save him she starts doing CPR and he comes back to life and they're just looking at him like what we never thought <laughs> to do that before so I'm really done now please for the love of God okay so Don't for my final talking. thought for God's sake I uh <clears throat> I have rekindled an old addiction from last year. Going out on dates with hot women. That that is that is not from last year, but that that is also an, an addiction. We're we're we've gone out several times now. We're trying to go out tomorrow night, actually. Sweet. Or more 
accurately she's trying to come over tomorrow night. Just don't take her out the same day you take my wife out. That's not cool. <laughs> I mean, that might happen, but not for the same meal. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awkward. <laughs> oh, no, this is just my best friend's wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, Scott's not married. Oh. oh. <laughs> that was messed up. <laughs> I put you in an uncomfortable position. I will never make you choose between me and these guys. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> so I've, I've rekindled an old addiction with the announcement of a massive content pack called XCOM Enemy Within, which is massive. It's like everything I could ever want in a DLC pack, except it's a freaking year late. Because the last time I played this game, I finished uh, the the campaign in November of last year, and this DLC pack comes out in November of this year. So huh. what is it, Skyrim or, or what? Oh, it's XCOM. Oh, XCOM is a game. Yeah, yeah, XCOM Enemy Unknown is the original game which I've been playing again. I'm I'm working through my second playthrough now. Okay. Uh, XCOM Enemy Within is the massive DLC, and it's gotcha. It's insane, dude. If this costs less than thirty bucks, I'll be surprised, and I'll buy it in a heartbeat. Because of the sheer amount of content, they're re, they're adding a bunch of stuff, uh, a bunch of new maps. They're tweaking some stuff. They're fixing some stuff. And thus far, all they've talked about is the actual tactical combat side. There's a whole lot of nonsense that's going to go on in the strategic, like base, and the resource management section of the game too. Both of which are fun and addicting. Like last night, I was pissed off because I was addicted more to the, the strategery side of it. And I really wanted to go back to the base and get my base all set up and research some stuff. And I kept having to fight aliens. And I'm like, damn it, let someone else fight the aliens. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, I got stuff to do. I try it. Look, do you see that sign, those autopsies I need to do? Mother of 12 bastards, quit talking to me. Aliens are like, oh, we're going to get you. I'm like, get me. I don't care. My tech tree. Oh. Oh, no. I just got laser weapons finally. Oh, damn. Anyway, anyway. So yeah, I've been uh I've been playing that like for the last uh, I don't know, several days. So last week was it was it just last week? Holy crap. I got a little afraid. This is a separate final thought I wasn't going to do, but I figure I'll tell you guys too while I'm here. I think Mike already knows this. Yeah. Uh I noticed at work that I had this like tightness in my chest and my pulse was high. I was like, "Well, that can't be good." And one of the guys standing there was like, when's the last time you had a break? And I was like, the hell is a break? And, you know, after the appropriate amount of laughter, but it's not a laughing matter. We don't take breaks. We got work to do. Uh, he was like, well, hold your hands over your head and take some deep breaths. Because, you know, he put my arms, my, get my hands on my head and it opens up the lungs, he said. And I was like, okay. And it didn't help. So I went and, like, sat down and controlled my breathing for, I don't know, like five or ten minutes. Way more than I ever do at work ever. And that didn't help. So finally someone was like, you need to take some aspirin. You might be having a, like a heart attack. I was like, what? And so I went on this grand quest for aspirin, which I didn't think would be a problem, but it was a grand quest for aspirin. The stupid little vending machine that has, it had everything but aspirin. It had naproxen, acetaminophen, ibuprofen, freaking, uh, diarrhea medicine and freaking, um, indigestion medicine. I was like, thanks for that. <laughs> Jackasses. But, uh, eventually I noticed. Do what? said foot powder, methamphetamines. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And some nasal spray, but it didn't say what kind, so I just left that alone. But uh, eventually I noticed my heart rate had gone down, and that wasn't a problem anymore, but my chest was still tight. I was like, this can't be good. So I finished out the day and went home, and it didn't. And that's the night we canceled recording. 
Uh, okay. We didn't do anything. I sat here on the couch and watched Frasier and slowly got the episode from the previous week up. I like I had this long list of stuff we were going to record that night. I was going to get Monday Night Magic up. I was going to get the Mana Pool up. I was going to post a bunch of other shows. I did none of that except for get our show up, and I did that over the course of like four hours. Like I wow. was not in a hurry, mm. and I watched Frasier. I woke up the next morning and felt exactly the same. I was like, well, damn. Uh, so I decided, well, if I'm going to feel like this anyway, I might as well get some work done. So we recorded, and I, uh, I got uh, a bunch of shows posted, and da-da-da-da-da. And uh, after talking with people, and uh, I poked around on the Internet, and it turns out I'm pregnant. WebMD has me convinced I'm pregnant. <laughs> That's nice. Well, you're lucky you don't have cancer from WebMD. Well, it's it's I'm actually pregnant with cancer, according to WebMD. So don't ever go to WebMD, you guys. If no, you have a problem, go no. to a doctor, for God's sake. But uh, uh, as far as I can tell, it's stress, which is weird because I'm usually a very, I don't want to say easygoing guy, but I usually don't let things bother me in great depth. You know, I'll be like, ah, sucks, son of a mother, and I'll just curse for a while, and then I'm good. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you work through it. But uh, apparently my body has had enough, and so, like, everyone who listens to the show knows that I desperately hate my job, and I really wish the place would burn down, or they'd fire me. You know, either one of those, I'd just be just be tickled pink. Whichever happens first. Whichever happens first is fine by me, but uh, is that wrong? It sounds wrong, and good. It's wrong, but... Uh, For legal so, reasons, we didn't have this conversation, but keep exactly. going. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say I was going to burn it down. I just said if it did burn down, I wouldn't feel bad about it. Very good. You are clear to continue. Excellent. Thank you. But uh, I've started to not stress so much about work because they're going to pay me the same if I do an amazing job or if I'm just there to collect a paycheck like everyone else, and they don't appreciate me either way. So I've stopped worrying so much at work uh, rather than get into an argument with the big boss who is the main reason that everyone hates it there. Uh, I just said I'm off the clock, and I've got somewhere to be, and I left today rather than stand there and uh, – uh, banter with him about how much of a slacker uh, douchebag I am or whatever he was going to say. He really is a horrible person. Like it's the worst. But uh yeah, I'm letting I'm I'm letting that ease up. I'm not stressing about posting the other people's shows anymore. I'm like, "Oh no, I got to post shows tonight." Oh, I didn't. Oh well. Like I <clears throat> I've apologized to several of my fellow podcasters. I'm like, "Look, I'm sorry, but I got to start taking it a little more easy on this." And they're like, "Yeah, well, as long as it gets up." And so hopefully they'll understand that and <clears throat> Most importantly, I have uh, I'm, I'm making progress in the female companionship thing. Excellent. Which it's always good to have someone there that wants to be there with you. You know, mm. sure. We've only met, we've only known each other for a couple weeks, so you can't say anything like, "Oh, she's no, none of that," because no, none of that. But she's a lot of fun to hang around with, and I want to hang around with her, and she wants to hang around with me, and that that makes me that that puts me so much at ease. And that buzz you might have heard was her texting me actually right now. But uh, yeah, so really, all I want to say is, don't let stuff get to you. Like <clears throat> I didn't think I was, but apparently I've been internalizing this for a long time for my body to start going. You know what? Stop. I noticed a twitch in my jaw at work today, for God's sake, and that's. Also, according to the internet and some friends of mine, that's a dead giveaway for stress problems. I'm like, really? I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. But uh, if, yeah, if I, knew, had... I knew someone in my old work who uh, told me about a place he used to work before that, and you know, he didn't realize why it was happening, but like when he would walk into work, at some point he would just suddenly start getting the hiccups, <laughs> and he realized that. You know, oh my God! You know this place sucks so much, and I hate it so much that my body is, you know, 
starting to fight me. Yeah, my body is rejecting this place. <laughs> and so um, I've redoubled my efforts to figure out what I want to do and then <laughs> go about trying to do it. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so everyone, especially, I know a bunch of you are in college or things like that. Watch out. Like, I just, I might sound like an old fuddy daddy. Well, you know, in my, we got stress in my, oh, my heart. No, no, I, I don't have heart problems. I don't have, I don't have any sort of health problems. And I think that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you just have problems. <clears throat> well, I mean, again, regular listeners will know about those. <laughs> They're pretty obvious. But yeah, if there's something like this that's causing you a problem, figure out what it is and then stop it or modify it. <clears throat> Don't let it take over your life. Exactly. Don't let it take over your life. No job or anything is worth your health. No. Uh, so yeah, just learn learn to ease up a bit. And it's been glorious. I have actually been playing video games a lot lately. Like I mean, playing XCOM. And ever since I was a little kid, video games have been my release. And I can always tell when I don't, I haven't played a game in a long time because I start to get irritable. Like most people get like this when they haven't had coffee or, you know, they haven't gotten laid in a long time. <clears throat> and they, they start to get pissy. Like, what's, what's the matter with you? Ah, nothing, damn it. But ease up. <laughs> That's how I am with video games. So I've been trying to play more games. Ease up. You know, take things easy. Don't stress so much, which it's easy to say. It's not so easy to do. But I'm working on it, and you guys all should, not you three, well, you three should too, but all of you out there, just keep that in mind. Especially yeah. some of you older guys. Because <laughs> apparently this is the, the whole, you know, sleeping uh, five hours a night and then working 12 hours and then coming home and working some more. That's a young man's job. Apparently my old ass needs to cut some of that out. <laughs> Man, I'm beginning to think maybe I should take up drinking. No, don't do that. <laughs> But that, that, just cost, that just cost money. I came to the same conclusion Dirk did actually for the same reason Mike did. So, <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, anyway, that's all I wanted to say because it started to bother me and it means it might be bothering some of you guys. And people have, you know, I, I've mentioned it here and there and people have reached out. You know, I had this problem for a long time. You want me to help? Uh, clues, actually, last night. And I was like, oh, that's wow, that's very sweet of you, sir. So, yeah, everyone, ease up. That's all. So with that, I think we're done. So this has been episode 295 of The Mana Pool, brought to you by Cardshark.com. Better way to buy and sell collectible card games. Yes. Send us an email. All that information, email, mana, Twitter, all of that crap is in the show notes, as always. And now we're going to treat you to some Swift. The song is Diamond. And it's here at the beginning and end of every show, unless something awful happens. So that's enough. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, go play some magic. 